In this portion of the morning show, we're going to be talking with a gentleman by the name of Ted Zeff, who is the author of a really interesting book which might be very, very helpful for you or someone you care about. It's called The Highly Sensitive Person's Survival Guide, Essential Skills for Living Well in an Overstimulating World. It is written by someone who uh, experiences life as, a, as what's sometimes called an HSP, a highly sensitive person. And it's estimated by some that, that uh, maybe a fifth of our population uh, have highly uh, sensitive uh, neurological systems. And it can be a positive or it can be very much a negative, depending on where you are, the kind of life that you live. And this book is meant to uh, give strategies uh, to people that are particularly sensitive to uh, the stimuli around them. And uh, we're going to be talking with, uh, uh, with Ted Zeff for the next few minutes uh, about this book, uh, which is published by New Harbinger. And uh, Ted Zeff, we welcome you to The Morning Show. Thank you, Greg. That was an excellent introduction. Well, good. I, uh, I uh, have really found this book fascinating. It talks about something which I only had the vaguest uh, notion uh, even existed, and, uh, and yet it, it is something which is, is, is really out there. I guess one of the things we should talk about right off the bat is that very intriguing notion that this is a state of being which uh, is not entirely a bad thing, but in the wrong situation it can be a, a, a devastatingly difficult situation. Tell us about the kind of the pros and cons of being highly sensitive. Yeah, well, first of all, as you mentioned, Greg, about 20% of the population, or at least at least 50 million Americans, have trouble screening out stimuli and can be easily overwhelmed by noise, crowds, time pressure. They might feel uncomfortable by bright lights, strong smells, and changes in their lives. And as you said, it could be both a positive or a negative experience. So my book, The Highly Sensitive Person's Survival Guide, we're learning coping strategies because the whole society values stimulation, going forth, pushing, and if you're a sensitive person, we really need to plan ahead and learn to deal with society in a way that'll work for us. One of the uh, most helpful things in the book is what amounts to kind of a, a checklist. I think your, your, your co-author is especially responsible for this, uh, which would help somebody maybe determine uh, if indeed they are uh, a, a highly sensitive person. And maybe we should uh, also clarify to what extent we're really talking about uh, something that we might consider to be a, a diagnosable disorder, or is this more of just kind of a general personality trait? Well, in my experience, it's a neurological condition that some people have a very finely tuned nervous system. So it's neither good nor bad that you have a finely tuned nervous system and there are some positive parts about having this trait once we learn how to manage it. People who are HSPs or highly sensitive are very conscientious and loyal. They care deeply about humanity, nature, beauty, art, music. Um, and in society, you need a balance between the more non-HSP soldiers, CEO of corporations, people who can tune out anything and nothing bothers them, and then the more sensitive artists, healers, counselors. And my feeling is with the world basically in a very bad situation, it's the values of the sensitivity that's going to save the planet. Because you're not going to see highly sensitive people going out there shooting people, bombing. They're caring about 
uh, nature, about the environment, about um, creating how to create peace. Give our listeners some sense of of the indications, the tangible indications that that someone might might be this kind of person. Maybe you even want to talk us through a little bit of the the quiz or questionnaire, if we want to call it that, which which maybe helps people to to sort out whether or not they they in fact would would be considered for the purposes of your book a highly sensitive person. Yeah, just one or two things would be. You might even notice yourself. Some people are sitting in a room. There's five people. A siren goes by. Three of the people don't even notice it. Two of the people would be jumping out of their seats. So you're you're very tuned in to noises. You have a hard time under job pressure when someone's looking over your over your neck, kind of seeing how you're doing. You, you it's much harder. Other people can tune it out totally. People who are sensitive usually have um, uh, difficulty with caffeine, violent movies. Um, so it's just that you're, the stimuli is coming in, but we can't tune it out so well. I had an experience, come to think of it, not long ago. I teach music at a local college, and I remember uh, during a, a one class period, just to be, just to be kind of funny, to uh, actually to kind of pretend I was uh, angry with, with someone that I wasn't, right in the middle of the lecture when uh, uh, I, I took my hands and I just kind of slammed them down on the piano keyboard to make this kind of big, ugly sound. And, and you know, a couple of students hardly averted their eyes, and most of the students just kind of grinned or laughed. But I can think of one or two students that were genuinely frightened and almost to the point of physical pain by that, by that sudden, unexpected sound from the piano. And uh, that might have been uh, at least a modest indication of, of someone that uh, would be this sort of highly sensitive person. Yeah, exactly. And so my motto is plan ahead. We're going out into a world that, especially now Christmas shopping, you go to a mall, sensitive people are overwhelmed, so we have to plan ahead. So on my website, by the way, hspsurvival.com, I have hundreds of coping mechanisms how to deal with all this overstimulation. So, for example, just a couple little ideas are I always tell people don't leave home without earplugs or a headset and extra batteries. So while all the noise is coming in, you can be listening to calming music. Whenever I go to an airport and everyone's on their cell phone, cell phone and there's announcements, I turn on my Walkman, I listen to some soft, calming music and close my eyes, and I'm able to tune out all the craziness. Um, that's, that's one of the most int- intriguing things about the book, I think, is that you're talking uh, about a couple of different scenarios in, with many different variations, of course, but we live out part of our lives uh, in situations where we're really able to control what is around us, and that, of course, would primarily be uh, in our home, and, and for some people, even their office would be such a space where we really sort of govern, to some extent at least, what is going to occur there as opposed to the moment when we really step out into the big wide world and we have to be prepared for the possibility that we will be confronted by all kinds of things over which we have very little control. Let's talk about the first thing I mentioned, which is that of, 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 of one's own home or one's own space and what somebody who is highly sensitive uh, can do to make that uh, a, a place where they will be especially comfortable. Yeah, so what I look at is you have the five senses, and you want to use all the senses where the stimuli come in to calm down. So everything from having 
soundproofing, not living on a busy street, dealing with uh, neighbors who might have loud music or barking dogs. And I have all sorts of techniques how to, how to deal with these, these situations of neighbors who are very loud and not, not listening. And a lot has to do with compromise, befriending people, and learning how to educate people that there's nothing wrong in other people liking stimulation, but you have a, a neurological condition, finally to nervous system, that makes it difficult getting a massage on a regular basis. You have aromatherapy where you can be inhaling calming oils, essential oils of like lavender. And they've done a lot of research to show that inhalation of aromatherapy really calms you down. Eating warm, nurturing food is very good for calming oneself down. You can have um, herb teas. So you can do everything. You can have even colors is important. If you have pictures of light colors versus sharp, bright colors. So everything that you have you can calm down, and I think it's essential for highly sensitive people to take a mini retreat twice a week where you just get away from it all and you spend several hours doing anything that's relaxing, whether it's taking a nap or a warm bath or reading a book that you want to read, but really spending time nurturing yourself. The other thing is we talk about the house, but being in nature, in a very, like in a park or by a river, is also very soothing and calming. You also also are a believer in in uh, meditation. Exactly, and meditation. Um, I feel if you start the day getting up late, having a cup of coffee and a donut, running to work, you're going to start off center. But if you tend to be sensitive, if you start your day by centering yourself by either doing some deep breathing, prayer, reading something spiritually uplifting, and just some kind of form, even simple meditation, like watching your breath, which you can do, by the way, all day long throughout work. You're always going to be breathing anyway, so you might as well take every 10 minutes some slow, calm breaths. So you can just work with the breath to calm yourself down when you're in an overstimulating situation. As we read the pages of your book, we realize that uh, when a highly sensitive person steps out into the big wide world, uh, although it is impossible to have uh, full control over everything, which might pose a challenge, uh, you really give us uh, all kinds of very helpful suggestions, which really uh, obviously could make a, a, a gigantic difference for a highly sensitive person. Yeah, even something like exercise. You know, I, in my research, I found 95% of all highly sensitive people prefer individual exercise rather than group sports because the pressure and in group activities can actually have an adverse effect. So that's why, but also you have to watch it. Like if you go to a health club where there's loud music and bright lights and, and so many people making noise, you have an opposite effect. So actually one of the best things is taking a walk in nature in silence for a highly sensitive person. Or there's Tai Chi, Hatha Yoga, um, even be on a bicycle riding in a beautiful park-like area on a bike. So you need to pick every activity you do and say, does it work for my sensitivity, or does it create more tension for me? Tell us how this topic became important to you. Well, my whole life I was highly sensitive without realizing it, and then when about 20 years ago when I was doing my doctoral dissertation, I, I was doing it on stress reduction and realized that so much of my uh, problems with stress had to do with my sensitive nervous system. So both professionally... And personally, I've been working my whole life on how to cope with a finely tuned nervous system. So this is uh, a, a, a personal matter for you to some extent, and, uh, 
and you can speak from personal experience in, uh, in, in sharing these thoughts. Is there a wide range among the people who suffer from this uh, highly sensitive uh, sort of syndrome? As a matter of fact, the first book that came out was The Highly Sensitive Person by Elaine Aaron, and she coined the term, and she wrote the foreword to my book. And what, what she had said, which I totally agree with her, is that even if you have one or two characteristics, you know, might not have all the characteristics of being highly sensitive, but if they're very severe in your life, then you can consider yourself a highly sensitive person. And in effect, one sensitive person say, well, noise doesn't bother me, but I can't take job pressure. I can't take um, uh, funny odors, perfumes bother some people. They have a sensitivity to what they inhale. So everyone is different, and also what you notice at different times during your life, certain aspects will be more pronounced. So, for example, children and older people tend to be more highly sensitive than teenagers. Teenagers, even when I was a teenager, even though I'm a highly sensitive person, I could stay out late at night listening to loud music. But as we get older, our sensitivity increases, and we need to usually take care of it more. And then little children don't have a way to express themselves, so that's why you'll see some little kids who might get real upset if they don't like the feeling of a fabric on their skin or the taste of something in their mouth, or it could be even related to babies who tend to cry more than others. So what's interesting is for children especially, the children who are highly sensitive, we need instead of saying, hey, just eat your food and stop the nonsense, they need a lot of support because otherwise they're going to grow up thinking there's something wrong with them. And I actually have a healing CD um, that's on my website, too, hspsurvival.com, where people can affirm all the wonderful traits of being a sensitive person so they don't feel like they're flawed or there's something wrong with them. The book, again, is called The Highly Sensitive Person Survival Guide, Essential Skills for Living Well in an Overstimulating World by Dr. Ted Zeff. And your website address again is? hspsurvival.com. Very good. Ted Zeff, I'm really grateful for you writing this book, and I'm uh, glad we got to talk about it today on The Morning Show. It was a great interview. Thank you, Greg.